Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I am excited to hear a new story, of course. And this one, I always just love, I don't know, I have a special place for art just because I feel like I'm such an artist and my kids are such artists. So whenever I get to talk to people who are doing that kind of stuff, it's just always really fun. So i uh, love to welcome Jaya Ayer. Welcome. Thank you, David. Thanks for having me on board today. Absolutely. So uh, let's just start. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what your company is, and then we'll go, we'll go back from there. Perfect. So I am the founder and CEO of Creative. We're an art studio brand for kids and adults headquartered here in the SF Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, I started this company in 2018. So that's where we opened our corporate location here in the city of Pleasanton. And now we are franchising. So we have locations in the East Coast, in the city of Fort Mill in South Carolina. We have another location coming up in Southern California. So we're excited to take this brand national. Cool. Awesome. Okay. So you started in 2018. Tell me about that. So, <laughs> well, okay. Before we do that, just tell me, like, where did this idea come from? What caused you to want to start this business and create this? So I, I found it very interesting that you said you are such an artist. Your kids are artists. I am not an artist. So I was. Oh, okay. I, I am not. I was. I was in the tech industry. Okay. I have I have done my engineering in electrical engineering and then did my master's in science. So I was very much into that side of the world in the software and the finance sector. But art was something I was passionate about. I used to always go back to doing it as a hobby, as something that I would use to relax and kind of de-stress myself. Uh, but I never thought of taking it up as like starting a business. But when I had kids, you know, I was a parent, your perspective changes towards what's important for you now versus what was important for you earlier on in your career. So I wanted to always start something on my own to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what that would be. And coming from a tech industry, it's kind of natural to move in that direction. But kids changed my perspective. I, I felt that it was important for me to create something that I could bring my family into that we could all do together. Um, and that's when I started thinking of different things that kind of would come from a place of passion. Mm -hmm. And art and, and technology combined together seemed to be that perfect place. So that's why Creative is a unique art studio that combines art and technology. Um, and that's how this whole kind of process evolved, being a parent um, and coming from the tech industry myself. Okay, very cool. So you you but you've had this like idea for a long time of like I want to start something someday but I'm not sure what. Yes, that's true. Uh, it it wasn't until I met my husband. He's always been an entrepreneur. So I okay. prior to that it was very like the traditional mindset that I had that okay, I want to do good and like kind of grow in the corporate world and kind of find a place for myself. But through him, I got introduced to the world of entrepreneurship. And then I was really drawn into it because 
I felt that I could do so much more and contribute so much more if mm. I was an entrepreneur and also gave me the opportunity to help others um, and then to give back to the community in a much meaningful manner. So I felt that that was kind of my calling and something that I had to kind of then start thinking about. Mm, I love it. And so as a kid, were you into art? Like what, what was that like as a kid? I was. I mean, my mom was very artistic. Again, I didn't take any art classes, like formal education, but mm -hmm. I learned um, traditional like Indian classical dance and I did some art at home. So it was all these different art forms that kind of were always in the background as I was kind of focusing on my education. Um, it was always there around me everywhere that I was growing up in that household that I was with my mom being so creative. So I think that really kept that passion and that focus going. Although mm -hmm. I went into a different line of study, I think that still was a, a, a big passion of mine always. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh man, that's interesting. The so. I'm going to just do a quick side tangent because it's been a long time since I've talked about this. Um, but this whole idea, the name of my company is called the Forgotten Art Project. Mm -hmm. And this whole idea came about, I know we have like a lot of people who have listening to the podcast who hadn't heard the story. And this is like kind of where the podcast came from, um, was my love for music and how I was a musician like my whole life and did like, I was into drawing stuff too, but my form of art was more in the music world. Mm -hmm. um, and then I played music forever. And then when I was like 23, bought a condo, got married, got a real job, like all these things. And just like, <laughs> you know, stopped playing music. It was just kind of a natural thing that happened. Um, but then when eight, uh, eight years had gone by, started my first business, did all this stuff. And then I realized one, I was just like one day, I'm like, wait a second. I have not played music for almost a decade. What happened here? <laughs> Which is totally crazy. Life and, happened. <laughs> yeah, life happened, right? And so I like I was kind of angry at first and then I got over that and I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'm super inspired now. So what am I going to do with all this like inspiration and passion? And then I decided to like write and record an album, which was the childhood dream. Mm -hmm. I always, always wanted to do. So I did that. And then I was like, oh, this is my like forgotten art. And then I was like, I bet a bunch of people have stuff like this, passions from when they were kids, things they pushed aside, you know, and then that's kind of where the uh, podcast came to be because I was like, I want to hear those stories. And it's evolved this year, you know, we're talking to business owners and all that stuff, but I thought, you know, it was kind of fun to just jump back and tell that origin story because it's like very much related to like what you're doing and in the art world and business and all that stuff. So thanks for letting me do that little side tangent there thank you for sharing that i loved hearing your story and how you got back into what you were feeling more passionate about and i know life happens right we we take yeah. a certain direction but we always have a way to correct and come back to what is our calling so um, thank you for sharing that that was very inspiring yeah you bet so okay um are you so with your kids, like obviously they had a role in you kind of deciding to do this. So were they also, hey, kind of into art, like they saw you doing art as a passion and, and that was kind of like where that idea came from, that spark? Not really. I mean, I felt that the household that I grew in because it was so creative, I wanted to build something like that for my kids, mm. like have that creative environment. But I mean, now at, at that point, I was like doing a full-time job and I was also doing my master's program and my kids were little, but I wanted to kind of take them to places where we could all do something together. And as I started looking for those opportunities, there weren't many where kids and adults 
could come in and paint and have kind of a good time together. And that's where I started thinking about the need for something like that mm-hmm. uh, in the places that we we want kids to kind of experience that, not like an art class where you drop them off and you pick them up. I did not want that kind of a structured environment, but more like just a creative space for mm-hmm. all of us to do the things that we love. Um, and that's how the concept evolved to include kids and adults and to have this beautiful space that you see kind of in the backdrop behind me. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of thought that went into that. How would I create that space? What would be meaningful for me, for my family? What am I really looking for? Because I bet there are a lot of parents, a lot of families, a lot of people of different age groups who would want to be in a creative environment to de-stress themselves or to just kind of get their creative juices flowing. So that's how that whole process of starting to think about it. Um, and then that whole concept evolved. Cool. I think that's really cool. Cause I think sometimes, you know, as a parent, it's hard to know exactly, you know, may, what are some of the ways that I can really connect with my kids that feel really meaningful to them. And then also, you know, you never know, you might really end up enjoying doing the art too. Like that's actually one of the things my daughters love. We, they asked me to do is like, can we sit down and draw together or like create stuff together? And so, and two, like, I love your concept because it's sort of like, hey, we're going to do this thing. Because at home, it's really easy to be like, oh, yeah, we could later or whatever. It's easy to brush it off, you know, if you're not careful. Um, okay, cool. So you started in 2018, pre-pandemic. So, <laughs> and it's a physical, physical location. So tell me about how, you know, how that went when you opened it and then rolling into the pandemic, what? you know, challenge, I'm assuming there were some challenges. <laughs> yes. Love, love to hear that process for you. Perfect. So when I opened in 2018, again, we were not a brand, we were just starting out as a new concept. But I always had a vision to make it bigger than just the one store. So we put a lot of thought into how it should look, it should have its unique brand appeal, the logo and the name and everything was extremely important. So we started out with all of that. And people Every time someone walks in, and even now when they do, they are just bowed by how the place looks so nice and so unique for an art studio. It's not dirty, dingy. It's not paint everywhere, and it's not messy at all. It's just like so appealing. So that feedback was so awesome because it was validation for something that we had put together. Um, And 2019 was our first full year of operations, which went really well. We started with just a few revenue streams, started adding more. We were getting fully booked for parties and events three months in advance. So we could really see that traction and the love for the space Mm -hmm. um, and what we had put together as a brand that we started thinking about franchising. So end of 2019, I was like, okay, we should take it to the next level because I think we've, we've tried it out. People are loving it. It's kind of a cool concept has that novelty and is bringing people together. Like lot, like you said, families would come in, Parents would paint with children. That's kind of the norm. Everybody paints when they walk in because it just kind of calls them to do something creative. Mm. So uh, early 2020, before the pandemic hit, we'd already started working on putting our franchising program together. Uh, But March, we didn't know that everything's going to be shut down. And being in California, we were the first to close Mm. and the last to reopen. So we were kind of in that situation for the extended period of time that we were almost all of 2020. So it as a business owner that you're not expecting that. I mean, you're like going to the next level, you're planning for expansion, but we had to quickly stop and like reevaluate everything and pivot. I mean, we moved everything to virtual. 
Okay. We did virtual summer camps. We started selling paint kits. We started doing all these Zoom events for parties and corporate team building. So we had to learn all of that because we were never set up to be a virtual business. Mm-hmm. So, But what that did for us is with that learning, we're now continuing to offer it. So it's like an additional revenue stream that we now have available for our location and our franchisee partners to take forward. So there is something that good that came out of it. We would have never looked at the online business at all because we were just so busy in the studio that we were just doing that and keeping that as our focus. But the pandemic really taught us to go in another direction and also kind of make our business model more robust um, for anything that would come across our way in the future. So, I mean, it, it wasn't easy because we had to we had to learn. We had to yeah. kind of figure out what to do in that moment. But I think what we have accomplished, we are in a better place today than where we were pre-pandemic. Cool. I love it. And how quickly did you did you make that shift and decide like, okay, this is this is what it is and here's here's what we're going to do about it. Like did you like sit and wait for a while because I know like a lot of people were kind of hanging out for the first like really 3 months like okay what's going on here we don't really know so how quick was it for you for us it was pretty quick i mean i don't have any business partners so it's just me sitting and making that decision yeah. is what i really had to do um i think we waited till the month of march because when things started shutting down we really didn't know when we would be able to reopen initially we thought it would be a few weeks but once that three or four week period passed and there was no sign of things kind of getting back to where it was, that I really started thinking about that we need to make a quick transition to starting something else. So our summer camp was the first activity that we'd already put the schedule out in February to do the in-person camp. So we had to, that was the first activity we moved to virtual saying, okay, we'll start with that. We learned through that process and now we'll start adding other things to it as we kind of streamline our Zoom learning and offering the classes through that online virtual model. So it was it was pretty quick for us. I think within the first few months, we were already working on all of that planning. Cool. I knew I knew the answer to that. I didn't know, but I knew I just like just from talking to you for the past 15 minutes, I'm like, she did. She changed like that. I know it. <laughs> I, mean, I think that's kind of one of the important things for businesses that survive, the ones who yeah. pivoted were the ones who were able to weather the storm and like kind of see the other side. And I think that's an important part for any business owner to keep in mind. The ability or the flexibility to pivot is extremely important. For sure. Yeah. I love that. And for people who are listening to this and you can't see her studio space, you definitely go to the website and check it out. It's really cool. It's very beautiful, very aesthetic looking. Um, So for like outside of pandemic related things, what's something about being an entrepreneur that um, surprised you or or what's a lesson that you really learned about being an entrepreneur that's not related to the pandemic? So the interesting part of being an entrepreneur, especially when you're starting out something new, is you think that you want to have the perfect plan before mm-hmm. you launch. And I think that now where I am, I, I have learned that that perfect plan is never perfect, nor does it have to be perfect because you have to keep changing based on what you learn as a business owner on a daily basis. So the importance is to start. It doesn't have to be perfect. You, you don't have to have everything figured out when you're starting out. 
but the important aspect is to get started because you will change your plan as you learn from what you learn by operating the business. And that's kind of the best lesson or the best plan and the way that it would evolve would be the most ideal way. So, um, and I, I, I talk to a lot of business owners who want to start or my friends who want to start things. And I feel the hesitation is always in like, I, I don't have it figured out. So mm-hmm. my, my biggest message is you don't have to have it all figured out when you're starting out. You could do it as you kind of take one step at a time. And I wish I had known that earlier because a lot of the things that I put my effort into did not materialize the way it is. I had to change things, but I, I felt that I had to do that before I launched, which which wasn't necessary. Yeah. And you feel like um, that's holding people back or just or just slowing down the progress. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also it's it's the fear of saying, what if I don't know this when I am faced with it? But I think when we are faced with it, we find the best answers in the moment than trying to rethink of all the scenarios in our head and say, what would I do in this situation? I think it's it's best to wait. If that occurs, maybe that would never happen. So why worry about every eventuality? You just have to take one step at a time and really face the battles that are ahead of you right now versus thinking really far ahead and kind of worrying about it. I think that's what the biggest problem with anybody wanting to start something um, Mm -hmm. is that that hesitation of what if, uh, but I think you don't need to worry about it. It's you wouldn't know until you start. So I think it's important to take the next next step and then the next one. And and you you will have a planet as you do that. So yeah, love it. One thing at a time, for sure. Yep. Cool. So you mentioned earlier that you uh, have kind of blended tech, like the your background in tech with art. So talk to me about that. How does that manifest in your business? So we have a proprietary app that customers use when they come in. It runs on iPads. It's called the ArtPad app. Uh, It has video tutorials. We have put guided imagery. So at our studio, uh, the big differentiators are, of course, the way the studio looks, the offering and things. And to point that out, we have won a few international awards for our retail design. Um, so, So that's kind of unique to us. But we offer canvases, ceramics, rocks, unfinished wood, just a whole variety of things for people to do. Um, but that also can add a lot more complexity to like, what do I do? Like, how do I start? And that's where our app comes in handy. Uh, for canvas paintings, we have put video tutorials. So it teaches you step-by-step how to complete a painting from start to finish. Um, we we don't need an instructor on site at all times because there are like 30 or more videos at any given time. So mm. you could be coming with your kids and maybe they want to paint a unicorn, but you want to do a sunset. You have the ability to do that because there are just so many different options um, for mm. a person to choose from. Uh, the other thing is with the ceramic items, they just look like white figurines if they're not painted. Now, a lot of times it's intimidating to say, where do I start? What do I paint? How do I add the details? So we have painted sample pictures of everything that we have in the studio on our iPad, um, ArtPad app. So customers can pull up an image. They can kind of see, okay, this is what can be done. I mean, maybe I want to do something similar. So it's just like kind of getting you started and making you feel more comfortable about that whole experience. If you have never painted before, if you have never tried art before, it's just that tool that's available for our customers to use when they walk in. 
the other aspect of technologies also are very comprehensive studio management software. Now that's something that the customers don't see, but it's extremely important for uh, running our business and for the franchising model, because that really keeps all the operations tight and efficient. So those are the two important aspects of technology that we have incorporated into the business. Very cool. And did you, did you know that you wanted, like, as soon as you had proof of concept, you're like, I want to expand this and we're going to go all over. So I did, I did want to expand it, but it was, I never thought of franchising as the way that I would want to grow the business. I okay. always wanted it to be via the corporate studio. Like we would have our own locations open, but after the first location and being there in person and talking to customers, I felt that this was a business that required that type of personal connection with mm. people. Uh, we have a lot of customers who are repeat customers. So the ability to recognize them, to talk to them, I didn't want it to become like just a brand where we're just like selling products, mm -hmm. but we want it to be that experience where they come in and it's like that warm, welcoming environment where they are, you recognize them for their repeat business and you have that small talk and conversation with them and you know them as an individual versus just being a big brand. So that's when I started thinking about franchising because each of those franchisee partners would be that local person mm -hmm. in that community um, and be able to bring that community together because they are part of it. So uh, that's how I thought that franchising made more sense just based mm -hmm. off of how the business is and what I learned from it. Cool. Yeah, I love that. Because, it, yeah, it'd be easy to just open locations and hire people, but you're not going to have that connection to that place necessarily and could be higher turnover because of it and all that. True. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So tell me about being an entrepreneur, being a mom, opening franchises and all this stuff. And like, what, what have you found has been helpful for you in navigating all that and like managing your time and feeling like you're not just like working constantly. So it's a, it's a hard thing to do, right? When you are wearing so many hats and you have so many different priorities and so many directions that you get pulled into, I think the first few years were definitely challenging from that perspective of being able to do everything. But my husband's been very supportive and he kind of does the things where he needs to, to step in and help out. But um, over the years, uh, once we started looking into franchising, I decided to kind of pull myself back a little bit from the day-to-day -day operations. And the important aspect is to trust your team mm. because I know that they can do it, but if I never give them a chance to do it, then how will I know their capability and how will they know what they're capable of doing? So we moved a few team members, uh, grew, ma made sure that they were ready to grow to the next level, gave them that opportunity so where they can kind of manage the day-to-day -day operations and then I can kind of focus on other important activities like bringing the franchisee partners, giving them the support, getting them up and running. So it's been a teamwork. Um, and then again, as, as a parent, I think my kids also understand that there are times when mom's not available or she's traveling or there are other things. So I think it's it's a combination of support at home mm -hmm. and with your team support at workplace for you to be able to uh, focus on the things that require most of your attention. Um, and also making time for yourself. So I, I, I consciously make time for myself, whether it's in the morning or later in the day or whatever, I can kind of fit into my schedule to do things that I like to do for me. So I've, I've gone back to taking um, 
the dance class that I I loved when I was mm. a kid. So so things like that I've added to my schedule because that's kind of keeping me on the priority list as well and not just just my work or my kids or my family. So I think that's yeah. important for everybody to realize you need to make time for yourself to be able to fulfill all these other roles and responsibilities really well. A hundred percent. Yes. I love it. That's cool. So, so teamwork delegation and taking time for, for yourself. Love it. Um, have you, cause your kids are, they're probably old enough now. Have, have you had some conversations about uh, entrepreneurship and like, I mean, it's cool first of all, because they get to see, Hey, mom, started this business, grew this thing, had this thing she was passionate about and created it and made it come to life in the real world, which is like amazing, right? Sometimes, I don't know, when's the last time you thought about that? You created this thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you say it that way, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I don't think I have thought about it that way, the way you just said, but that's, that's true. Now that I'm thinking about it, yes, it's, it's a real, it's a real thing now. It's not just my head. Yeah this idea to real life but um yeah so amazing nice work (laughs) and then um have you talked to yeah your kids about i'm curious like have are they at all interested in the entrepreneurship and like what what is their kind of interaction with you and seeing you grow this business i i don't think they are there yet as far as i mean my daughter loves art so she comes into the studio and she's she turned 13 this year so she helps me out um, with things. And um, so she's definitely seeing that side of the business, but um, I don't think they have started thinking about what it means because for them, I'm just the mom. And yeah. so it's, it's kind of different that way. But uh, as we are growing and going into other locations, they are kind of noticing that it's become real, that their friends talk about it and their friends have been on the website and say, oh, I saw this thing about your mom, or I read this thing about your mom. And then they kind of get curious about that too but i i i don't think we've had that serious conversation about entrepreneurship and things like that but they do hear that at the house kind of on a passive basis yeah. me and my husband discussing different strategies and what we're going to do next or kind of just brainstorming about different business ideas and stuff so i think that conversation is very much in the backdrop in our house at all times cool. but we have not had any serious I think they're they're too busy with their own homework yeah. and school schedule that <laughs> but but I think it's becoming more real as we're kind of going and growing in in the next kind of the next phase for the business um cool. that yeah that that's coming up. <laughs> I love it. I'm really yeah, I'm really excited and interested to see like all of these it's just a different time we live in. There's so many more people who own their own businesses and like, you know, the technology has made that possible and it's just it's going to be really interesting to see how all these kids grow up and see like what's possible, like, you know? Yeah, so anyway. Um, Okay, awesome. So just a couple more questions for you. Uh, You've already alluded to this a little bit, but I'd love to hear what makes you feel fully alive? Uh, I think being able to do something that's not just for me, but for the greater good. I think that's kind of the big thing with this business that it's not just I'm, helping myself. Yes, it's a business for profit that's that's there, but I think the ability to be able to touch so many people's lives in a positive manner, uh, to do that at my location, but now to be able to do that at a franchisee location. So we're impacting the life of the business owner who started that business 
um, they don't have to make the same mistakes that I did because they can learn from what we have learned and kind of do it in a more streamlined manner. So that's really touching their lives and their families' lives, but everybody else who walks into the door at that location and to mm-hmm. be able to take something positive with them because um, we have a lot of customers who still remember the parties they've had at our location. They still remember the time that they spent with their loved ones, with their friends and family doing something creative. So I think that's that's kind of the biggest, biggest, biggest motivation and passion for me to take this to the next level is to mm. be able to touch the lives of so many people in a positive manner. Mm, I love that. So great. Oh, man. Okay. So where can people find out? Well, actually, before we before we do that, uh, just let's touch a little bit just on the franchisee thing. So if somebody is interested in Hey, what would it be like to, you know, talk, have the conversation about opening a franchise with you? What what is that like? So the best way to get started is to go on our website, which is we have a separate website for franchising. It's creative-franchise.com. There is basic information available about the investment level and the the range. So that's the first thing to be comfortable with if that's the investment you want to make. Um, It's important to also know if this is the type of industry you want to be associated with, which is kind of family-friendly, kid-friendly business, uh, very community-driven, very... So it's it's that type of a brand and business opportunity. So if someone's looking for a restaurant brand, of course, this is not the same kind of concept, but mm-hmm. this is a business that would do well in any community across the country just because it speaks to that wider demographic. So um, the best way to find out more about um, our franchising program is to go on our website. We have a form that they can fill out and submit their basic information. Once they do that, one of our team members will reach out to them with more information. And then we set up those introductory meetings. Cool. And would you, what would you say, like, what's just a couple of characteristics of the type of person that tends to be successful, like you've seen in your other locations? So the biggest aspect is that you have to be a community person. You have to be outgoing. You have to be willing to build relationships. Having an art background is not required because, again, we have tools and resources to guide and coach. And again, those are things that can be handled by team members and employees at that location. Mm -hmm. But to really have the passion to build the business as a family-friendly, community-driven business, so a great background in sales, um, relationship development, um, operation management, operational management, those kind of skills come really handy. Uh, but they have to remember that they would be the face of the business. So mm-hmm. they have to be that person who loves to be that person who will be telling everybody about what the business is, talking to the customers, educating them, and just being there for them to have a wonderful experience. Um, so those are some of the things that are extremely important cool. for someone to do good. Okay. Love it. Thank you. Awesome. Well, okay. So where can people find out more information about you, get in contact with you on everywhere else? So if someone wants to reach out to me directly, I have a profile on LinkedIn and I am available and reachable. If you wanted to connect with me there, uh, creative.com is the website for our studio locations. So if you wanted to get a feel of what our studio locations are like, you could go there and check out a location. If you are in the West coast or in the East coast, we have locations there. Um, and then again, creative-franchise.com is our franchising website. So if you are interested in bringing this concept to your community, then please send your information to us and we'll be in touch. Cool. Love it. Okay. And because I know you're full of so much wisdom, what is one last thing you would love to leave with my audience on 
being an entrepreneur? Don't overthink. (laughs) (laughs) Don't overthink and complicate things. I think it's not as complicated as we make things look. So just just go with your gut and instinct and, and move forward like a step, one step at a time. Love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jaya. It's been an absolute pleasure. Same here. Thank you, David. It was wonderful talking to you today. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.